0: Uh, I'm going to invite our three shepherds up to the stage, uh, Jamin, and Jay, and Carrie, And um, we're in storytelling mode here. So I am going to turn it over to Carrie to get us started. How's that sound? Once upon a time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we're all shepherds here at Otter Creek, and... uh, it's uh it's an amazing thing if I were to if I went back to my childhood and somebody told me that I would be a shepherd in the Church of Christ at that time I would have told them they were absolutely nuts there is no way that was going to happen I grew up uh, Cumberland Presbyterian and as soon as you say the word Presbyterian, people, people say, oh, predestination. But common Presbyterians did not believe in predestination. They, they left the Presbyterian church to form a church that had a whosoever will aspect of their coming to Jesus. And, uh, you know, uh, in town... I grew up in Waverly, Tennessee, and in town, the the Protestants all were friendly with each other and the Church of Christ was all somewhere else. (laughs) uh, It was was just the way it was, and so if you'd have told me when I was uh, a teenager that I was going to... Be a shepherd in a Church of Christ for many, many years. When I grew up, I'd tell you, yeah, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. And then uh, a a young lady named Carolyn Spann came along, and uh, if you have young children, you know her because she she teaches two-year-olds during this time that we're. Uh, together, here. and uh, we were we were we were born in the same town. We, we grew up in the same town, and uh, I won't tell you all the ways. All, I won't tell you how we magically fell in love with each other, but but um, I, I had so many friends that whenever I told them that I was going to. Uh, that I was going with Carolyn, and, and that, it was a it was a relationship that's going to last a long time. They just said that can't be. true. Mm-hmm. we can't do that. Uh, so, at um, when when we got married, I was I was in. Uh, graduate school at UT and Carol Carolyn was coming to UT and uh, the Christian Student Center was where the church of the Church of Christ kids students just got a healthy dose of Christianity while they were at uh, while they were at uh, school and uh, so when Carolyn and I got married we became involved in the in the Christian Student Center. And we got asked to, you're uh, not going to believe this, I got asked to uh, be a, an associate campus minister for the last year and a half of my time at, in graduate school. And if you'd have gone back to Waverly, Tennessee, and told yeah. people there that, that that's where I was and that's what happened, then a lot of my friends would say, well you've gone over to the dark side. <laughs> but but the but the encouragement that uh, that I got from a from a uh, campus minister there named Al Deal, he he just uh, he he didn't he didn't come to me and say to me, here you've got to throw away all of your spiritual life up to this point. And he was, the, he, was, he was about the only person in the Church of Christ, besides my wife, Carolyn, who, uh, who uh, didn't say that. Because I, I had a lot of friends in high school, and uh, a lot of them were Church of Christ. And uh, there was just this animosity, I don't know any other way to say it, between Churches of Christ and, and, uh, and others. And uh, but you know I I was absolutely thrilled to be able to uh, join my life with Carolyn's and to move into the Church of Christ and then and and, and, and be baptized by the pulpit minister in, in, in Knoxville and uh, so. Uh, it it just became it just became uh, the church the Church of Christ and the things it believed and the things that it did as a church were just wonderful opportunities for me because I got to be involved in a lot of them, <coughs> including being a shepherd of that And, honor groups. and uh, I think that uh, one of the things that was so helpful for me in coming to where I am today, there was a campus minister, associate campus, campus minister named Al Beal, And he, he spent, we, he spent a lot of time with me helping me deal with this, Carolyn's member of the Church of Christ and I'm a, I'm a member of the Presbyterian Church. He, 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 he spent a lot of time with me helping me make that transition. And what we did is we met at a Shoney's on Kingston Pike in Knoxville for breakfast one day a week. I think it was Monday. And um, Al, Al was the first person, first person in the Church of Christ that didn't make me throw away my entire religious and spiritual life up to that point. And uh, it was it was it was a wonderful time we spent together. And uh, two years ago, I, I called Al up, and I said, "Al, did you know what happened 50 years ago today?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and Al and uh, Al said, "Yeah, I think that uh, you were probably baptized 50 years ago." <laughs> And, he, and that, that's just the kind of relationship we had. And he just, he just, he just, he's passed on since then, but he just uh, gave a, a great, uh, uh, he, didn't, he didn't ask me to throw away everything spiritually that I, that I had come through. But he, he, uh, he helped me understand the Church of Christ and what it believed. And I was okay with this, and Carolyn was really okay with <laughs> it. So, uh, and I had, and I had some, I had some professors when I was in uh, in school at UT, I, getting, getting my graduate degree, and uh, one of them, Dill, uh, he he was very uh, oriented towards. Towards sharing the gospel with other people, and so I spent time with him, and it became so uh, easy to understand the spiritual, and you're trying to tell others about Jesus, and that was a that was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity there. So uh, uh, we uh, we eventually moved to Nashville, and we started. Looking for looking for churches, and we just about about every major church of Christ in Nashville <laughs> at at the time. But uh, when we came uh, when we came to Otter Creek, there was just something different about Otter Creek. It was it was just uh, a wonderful fellowship. We got we got involved in it. Uh, very quickly, and uh, and then mm-hmm. Carolyn Carolyn has been teaching for years, <laughs> 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 and uh, and I've been a shepherd here, and uh, I, the thing that drew us to Otter Creek is that we for about the. Ten years before we came here, we had been deeply involved in small groups for in, in various churches. And we came to Otter Creek, and when we surveyed these churches here, Otter Creek was the only church at the time that uh, a lot of were really wanted, and mm-hmm. that, uh, that sold us song on uh, Otter Creek. And Eventually, I became a shepherd. I've got lots of friends back there in my lifetime who find out that I'm a shepherd at the Church of Christ, and they roll their eyes. But that's okay. They <laughs> roll their eyes because it's a, been a great place for me. It's uh, one of the things that one of the things that uh, one of the things that we that we've been asked to talk about is the role of. Uh, Spirit in our lives, and I, uh, I, w- I was just fortunate enough, even, dur- even during those days when I wasn't a member of the Church of Christ, to be involved in a lot of, a lot of activities that were, <coughs> that were led by the Spirit, and, and uh, that's probably why I'm where, why I am where I am today. So that's.
1: So let me back up a little bit. What we're talking about today, what they've asked us to do is kind of tell our story and then tell us, tell everybody why we came to Otter Creek and then we kind of build on that. So that's kind of where we started. So, um, how many of you grew up in the Church of Christ? Okay, so my conversion story is just like all of y'all's. I was 11 when I was baptized at church camp, right? Pretty simple. In, in a swimming pool in Medill, Oklahoma. I grew up on the mean streets of Garland, Texas. Huh? We're fairly new. Can you tell us who you guys are? Oh, yeah, oh what sure. Your age are? I'm Carrie Patterson. And my name is Jay Brown. And this is Jamin Martin. I thought I'd just speak for you because if I start letting you talk, I won't get this <laughs> excited. <yet. laughs> so, um, yeah. You know, typical Church of Christ story. Baptized at 11 at church camp, like so many of us, and went on and came here. We came here in 2002. Melanie accepted the job as children's minister, and she fulfilled that role till 2017, and at that point, it was just too inconvenient to live for someone else to go to church. We just stayed, right? So... um, That's kind of a joke. (laughs) I'm probably the most flippant of the... 2018. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. And I own it, by the way. Yeah. You know, anybody watch Seinfeld? I, there's an episode where Jerry goes to visit a friend in the hospital, and who's ready to laugh? That's probably me. You, I'm the last guy you won't come to visit you in the hospital. Let's just, you know. So uh, what I love about Otter Creek is our flocks. I love that I have flock members send me videos of me yawning on TV. You know, I love that kind of thing. The relationship between our flocks and and um, the membership—it's something, quite frankly, that we need to enhance. We're not good at it. Uh, part of that is, you know, you got 80 people in a flock, and it's just hard to get all 80 of them engaged and engaged with all 80. I mean, you know, the ratios are not great. So we're working on that. Um, but I think that. Um, the, the flocks, life groups, those kinds of things are the, are the key to our long-term success here on Franklin Road. And um, I just think if we focus on, on the people piece, like any business, like any church, like anything, school, if you focus on the people, everything else is going to fall in order. I really believe that. And so, um, you know, that's kind of what we try to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
2: my name is Jamie Martin, uh, my wife Michelle and I have been at Our Creek for 31 years. Uh, and I, I'm curious, how many of you in college were part of either a fraternity, sorority, or social club? i your hand, be proud. Okay. Yeah, some of you who I know really well were not real proud of those, uh, with those hands. Uh, no comment on that, but, um, uh, 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 we had something that we refer to in in our social club, fraternity and whatnot, and that's called a junior active. And when I think about an elder, uh, and specifically thinking about uh, bestowing wisdom on a group like this, I feel very inadequate. Uh, I, I, I look, and when I think about being an elder, I feel very much like a junior active. Because when I think about elders, I think about the men, um, and their wives that have constantly spoken into all of I think about a man by the name of Andy Gibson, who I knew growing up as the Candy Man. He walked up to him, you know, he, he seemed like he was 150 years old, and he always had Jolly Ranchers. He was uh, Joe Dudney was the Gum Man. He always had Big Red. In fact, there was one Sunday I went up to him, and he was like, I don't have any. And I thought, in my infinite wisdom of three, four, five years old, that he didn't have any money to buy any gun, uh, And so he told me a story later that that night at church, I had gone home and grabbed a bag of, I collected pennies, and I grabbed this bag of pennies and I walked up to him at church and I just handed it to him. And he looked at me and said, oh, no, no, I'm not taking those from you. And my dad was you know, 20, 25 feet away and he caught Joe Dudley's eyes. He was like, take it, take it, because he knew that he was teaching me a lesson. Uh, teaching me to pay, share, to pay, give. You know, if I see somebody in the give. But I think about Andy Gibson and Joe Dudley. I think about Charles Fraser. I think about Jim Arnett. I, I think about Fletcher Shrigley. I think about John Carruthers, Buddy Honnold. Men that have been in my life that have just, man, just been giants. Just been giants. And not just men, but women as well. And when I think about my church experience, I, I've been a part of two churches. From the time I was zero, I've been a part of two churches. Brentwood Hills Church of Christ, what, three, four miles down the road, on the right, and Otter Creek. And I, like many of you, and like Jay, I was baptized at an early age at 13. In fact, it'll be 40 years ago this April. My sister's birthday, as a matter of fact, that I was baptized. And
1: I, you know what?
2: I really feel like God has had his hand on me all along the way through a variety of events in my life. I think he has placed people in my life that have brought me along, have kept me in line, kept me in check, but I also think there's just something that he has been doing inside my spirit that says, I got something in store for you. I got something that I want you to be about, that I want you to do. And I watched from a very young age of it being modeled for me, of serving people, Giving back to people. Constantly I watched my mom and dad have people in our home. I didn't know why they were there. I now know that, hey, it was it was counseling through marriage. It was counseling through a difficult child. It was whatever they needed. But they had people in our home all the time. I thought they were just being free. But there was stuff going on. I watched my mom and dad serve in children's worship. Constantly... Uh, being a part of the children's worship training program that Brentwood Hills had, that was just constantly loving our children. I watched Jonathan Seaman, who was my youth minister growing up, uh, pour into my life and shape and mold me, and take me to things like Carolina Bible Camp that started to kind of shape and formulate my love for camp and led to me being the director of Otter Creek's camp for the last 30 years. People, have made a difference in my life. People shaped and formed me. Uh, people poured into me, he spoke to me. When I lost my dad at the age of 17, there were men and women who poured into my life, who shaped who I was. Uh,
1: I have felt like
2: all along that God's had a plan. He's been doing something with me, and that is a to serve. And at one point in my life, I thought it was a hey, youth ministry. You know, I I I, I love. It. I love teenagers. I love middle schoolers for the most part. No, I do. I love middle schoolers. Um, I love I love teenagers. Um, I, I didn't very much like their parents. I mean, I you
0: know, it, in
2: fact, I thought I would have stayed in youth ministry a long time if it wasn't for the parents. Uh, but I I actually came to Otter Creek, and I'll tell a bit more of that story here in a minute when we wrap around. But um, I came to be the youth minister at Otter Creek. And I was here for five and a half years and loved it and, and loved Youth Ministry. And Youth Ministry has been a part of who I am. And it's because people poured into me, and I have wanted to give back. And that has, that has been something that's been important to me. Uh, because I feel like, man, people have modeled the hands and feet of Jesus and shown me how to love and shown me grace and mercy. And that's what I want to do. Uh, And so, yeah, I poured into into students here at Otter Creek. I poured into students at various high schools. I'm pouring into students today uh, in the job that I have at Looks Academy. I love giving back. I love just being able to be and to try my prayer every day as God. Help me be the hands and feet of Jesus. Help me to love others like you love. Help me to see others like you see. Uh, help me to to be more like you, and that's not always easy. And it's been a journey, but I feel like God has had His hand on me all along the way and saying, "Hey, I got something to for you." And I'll tell you a little bit more about that when we get back around to uh, me being a doctor. So, Gary, do I back to you for that, or <laughs> no,
0: I'm not sure? Or am I supposed to I, just wait and talk about it?
2: Okay, well, all right, so I came to Otter Creek uh, in uh, my junior year in high school, came to Otter Creek, um, was in a social work class, uh, junior year in high school, junior year in college, I was in a social work class with Kim Haynes, who attended Otter Creek, wrote a paper, she said, hey, can I see you after class, thought, here we go again, Um, (laughs) and she said, hey, were you serious, and I was like, serious about what? She said, serious about working with the church, and I said, well, yeah i mean i you know wherever i go because people afforded me i want to get back she said well i know a church that's looking what she was describing was an internship uh and she said hey you know i church i said well what church she said otter creek well i know otter creek i knew gail and fletcher frequently attended here my mom taught in the nursery school uh at otter creek kindergarten nursery school i know otter creek so i sat down and talked with gail and fletcher and, and just kind of got a little information and Decided, yeah, I'm gonna throw my name into the hat and interviewed, and I don't know what Otter Creek was thinking to this day, but they hired me, Uh, and they hired me on a about a a three month. They said we're gonna trial period, you know, again, junior in college. I said okay, Uh, started working. About a month into it, they came back to me and said, hey, we'd like to extend you through the summer. I said sure, it would be great. Michelle and I were dating at that time, uh, about. A month later after that they came back as we started getting things organized for the summer they came back and said hey we'd like to make this full-time uh we want you to go ahead and graduate in december but will you stay on and so i did uh and i really thought man children this, this is where it was going to be at and then uh, about five and a half years later we were expecting our first child and i thought i you know i don't know how michelle how, how do I make sure that she is able to stay at home? And at, you know, at that time in ministry wasn't paying a whole lot. Um, I'm not so sure it is today either. But uh, one of my roommates in college started the company. He said, "You're exactly the person that I want you to uh, to help me start this." And I said, "Okay." And so I resigned the night before Dunner was born.
0: I turned in my resignation without a pay. And Gunner, our first
2: son, our first and our only son, we have two girls, too, who uh, was born. And, you know, I knew that, hey, I wanted to step out of kind of the limelight of Otter Creek. And so Michelle and I said, you know, let's look around. And so we went to a variety of different churches. Um, and a little bit for, for us is Michelle grew up Methodist. Uh, I grew up in the Church of Christ. And so Otter Creek, for us, was just an incredible analogy because there was so many cool things that she had grown up with that I Creek was doing. And so many things that, that I had grown up with that I Creek was doing. And it became such a melting pot, pot for us. And I loved that. And I loved the fact that, you know, I was able to love on students and, and be a part. But, you know, we just said, you know what, with a new youth minister coming in, let's give let's give him some space and let's see if there's you know let's see what we can find for ourselves so we went and looked and it didn't take us but about maybe six weeks to go you know what Otter Creek's really where we want to be and so we came back to Otter Creek and kind of stood back and just observed Uh, the youth minister came in after me um, was only here for a short time uh, and then left and that kind of caused me to see a need and I just jumped back in as a volunteer at that point and started loving on students and loving on uh, just I mean all the ages but also jumped back rode back into camp um, and that's where you know, I guess the rest of the of Creek is history but the fascinating thing about our creek to me is is that you know, there were things all along my, the, my life, people would say, hey, will you teach this adult class? Nope, nope, I do not want to teach adult class. I don't like adults. I don't want to be in front of adults. Uh, I, I'm, I'm more childlike here, Right There's here. the door. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, They're all thinking the same thing. I, I know, now. I know they are. I know they are. <laughs> That's why I keep trying to say it. Um, but the interesting thing is, talk about God having a plan and God having a purpose is something that I never would have and that is 10 years ago, the elders came to me and said, Hey, we're building this building back here and we're tearing up the parking lot. Would you be, and they decided to call it, would you be a, or maybe I named it this, um, would you help direct traffic with, you know, visitors coming in so they know where to park? And I think I said something online, so you want me to be an asphalt angel? Man? <laughs> and uh, they said, Sure, whatever, Jamie. And so I said, All right, good, I'll do it. So in December, of ten, was probably more like eleven years ago, I jump out front, and out front there sat a Bremerton of police officer. And I thought, you know, we'll be out here; might as well at least get to know him. So I walked over, rapped on the window. Uh, Sergeant Chris Woodard uh, rolled down his window, and I said, "You know, Jamie Martin he said, "Chris Woodard." said, "You know, my wife and I have said that the best time." commit a crime, in Brentwood is on Sunday mornings. And he goes, well, why is that? And I said, because all of y'all are directing traffic on Sunday mornings. And he said, how wrong you've been. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, all of us are off duty. So actually on Sunday mornings, there's more officers on the street per capita than, than any other time in, in Brooklyn. That moment would change my life forever. Um, I started to get to really know Chris Wood, and then Mike Brady, Detective Mike Brady is the other officer that we have, and they've been here the whole time. Um, I got to know the two of them. I went out every Sunday morning uh, and talked with them uh, during our class time. I got to love on them. We got to share stories about life. We got to talk about God. We prayed together. And to the point that they said, hey, Jamin, you ought to be our chaplain. Or they said, I really wish you were our chaplain. And I'm like, I don't know about that. That's adults. <laughs> like, no, 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 we really wish, you know, we wish you were in a spot where you'd be our chaplain. We, you know, we don't have a really a relationship with the one that we have today. And, and sometimes he's not available. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, lo and behold, and a whole other story later, served as the chaplain for the for Brimwood Police Department for the last nine years. And that changed my life because I saw an opportunity and God, I saw God working in me and said, Jamin, you can talk to adults. You can share your faith with people who look at you and say, I want no part of it. You can build trust with People who are in a tight-knit circle who, who do not want to let you in. But I got a plan for you. And so I sit before you today, and I, and, I, and I think about being an elder and then imparting wisdom to you. And that's still one of those things that's real hard for me. Because there's so many men and women in this congregation that, that speak to me, that share with me, that shape me, that mold me. Um, Fred Ewing was my elder years ago. Now I'm serving the ownership with him, you know, Kerry Patterson. I've watched, watched him love on people, watch him serve, watch him talk, watch him teach, and yet I'm serving with him. I feel very humble uh, to serve as an elder. Um, and what I am committed to is that I do believe that God's got a hold of me, and when I believe, that, this is what I say: when, when God's got a hold of me, when Jesus takes control. When you let go and let God, it changes your life. It absolutely changes your life. And that's the thing that I'm most excited about in my life is that allowing Jesus to be Lord, being able to share and be with teenagers and young adults and police officers and dispatchers and students and adults
1: in Otter creep. So, <clears throat> this was kind of supposed to be a little more interactive than we've been so far, <laughs> and we have about 11 minutes left. So, um, why don't y'all ask questions, provide stories. If you want to provide a story, this, we will now have a moment of awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How did you discern a calling in your life to serve as an elder? Mm. And maybe also
0: talk about the process that Audit Creek has to um,
1: nominate in yeah. the, the in affirm the affirmation process.
0: Well, this is my second church to be an elder in. When we lived in Northern Virginia, I was an elder at the Fairfield got started. I don't know, I think it's I think it's just uh, recognizing in men a heart for the fellowship that they're a part of that, that draws them towards. Is it any of my flock members in here? Yeah, right here. What do I do for you once a month? Text me every month. Text me on uh, my birthday yeah. date. Yeah. And what's the purpose of that text? To ask for what we, sh- what you are going to pray for about yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. So I, I about when did I start A Year ago? Two years ago? Yeah. I just got thinking. I didn't know my, I didn't know my flock as well as I'd like to know them, and I thought that uh, just uh, on a particular day I could pull out my wa- I could pull out my phone and tell you which which ones I which ones I reach out to today, but it's just it's just an opportunity for uh, them to tell me what's going on in their lives and what they'd like for me to pray about. But there's also, it goes about the other way, because I'm, you probably, many of you probably don't know that I'm fighting prostate cancer right now, and uh, I have gotten... Huge, huge amount of support from my flock in uh, praying for me and helping me through that. So yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of just like uh, we're uh, we want a relationship to be built with our with our flock so that they feel free and uh, and this <coughs> this uh, <coughs> opportunity that. I have, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for my flock to to share their prayer needs with me, but it's an opportunity for me to to take them to our Father and and uh, get to know those flock members. Uh, so
1: that's one thing I see as my responsibility. Sort of answer your question. Uh, we have, a, we have a policy rule, whatever, here, that you can't serve as an elder if your spouse is on staff. And so Melanie literally resigned two weeks before the process began. And uh, so when the process began, you know, it was like, okay, Jay, you know, you got all the support, blah, blah, blah. I just felt like, okay, I'm called to do this. I mean, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. For those that don't know, that's kind of the guy that just kind of goes through life like, mm, you know, big deal. Um, and don't worry about much and that's kind of me and I'm one of those guys that you know God's just always right here he doesn't leave me I I try not to leave if if somebody separates me separating from him and I try not to do that I just feel like life's a lot better when you have him right here and I was just that calling was pretty obvious to me I mean there was no doubt that I was being called to this role and I guess that's just the, the nine in me that said yeah that's what it said so you better do it and it's been a great honor and privilege
2: I didn't want to do it. Um, there are still days that I'm not sure I want to do it but I do feel like I've been called into it and that's a big difference Um, you know you can be faced with lots of things in life where where you man this, this is not fun you know it's not fun to do this but to feel that tug at your heart to feel that man I, that I, what is drawing me to feel like I need to do this and I choose to believe that's God's spirit that's moving and stirring inside me and I think it's, it's I have just tried to humble myself and say okay God what is it that you want me to do how, how is it that you want me to serve? And all right, I, I'm gonna serve. But God, I don't have a lot to offer. I, I don't have it all figured out. I certainly don't have all the answers. And God, I, I, I'm a sinner. I, man, I I don't I don't know. You know, I, I, we still have three children that are all legally adults, but. I don't feel like our job is done raising them just yet. You know, I, I, I still have people that are born into our marriage and, and shown us out. you know, what's this emptiness thing like? And how, how do we, you know, love each other through that? How is it that I can be an elder? And yet... I have just constantly felt his pulling to say, "Hey, I need you. I need you to serve in this way." Jamin, I'm not done, um, and I think he put others in my life to say, "Hey, you've got this." And I go back to Fletcher Fridley, um, and he is one that I sat down with and said, "Fletcher, I, I do not feel." see he lost one. Way really too much, for me. Um, Fletcher, I don't feel like I can, I I don't think I should be an elder. And he said, Jamin, you've been an elder for as long as I've known you. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I think that moment I kind of said, okay, God, I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm just here. I'll be your tool, usually. Thank you for talking about the the different ways that that calling felt in each of your lives. I appreciate how it was different for each of the three of you. The part of what I heard in that question that I didn't hear addressed is kind of the congregational system for recognizing people that we see perhaps being called to be elders, and how it works from the announcement where
1: we're going to choose new elders 2 we're gonna install them, how, how that process works? Okay, I'll answer it. Um, so as the process stands today, in January the 15th, 2023, is, um, and we haven't had one since 2017, and part of that, mostly that's COVID, okay? Uh, COVID put us behind, we try to do it every two to three years, that process, So the way it stands today is uh, the church nominates, okay? So we have 1,200 people on an average Sunday. Just so you know the numbers, last time about 200 people made nominations. So one-sixth, less than 20% of the church participates in the process, okay? Um, They nominate, and then out of those nominations, we've actually changed the process now because we would then put those people back in front of the church and they had to get some percentage and I don't remember what that percentage was, but there were good people in the last process that did not get selected because they just didn't know enough people in the church to reach a percentage. So we changed that. Okay. Uh, that percentage that is now kind of governed by the, the current eldership and uh, on the number, you know, based on the nominations, then the current eldership will then basically Select, and really the purpose of that is, is to make sure that good people that are not as well known are not selected. It's not like you know we're trying to ooh let's let's have all the power. You know that's not it. It's we are trying to avoid good people that are worthy to serve in this role that just don't know people enough people. You're trying to include them, yes, or avoid them.
0: He <laughs> yeah. said, "Avoid." No, <laughs> avoid. Yeah. Well, no, I
1: no, mean, mean wanted avoid, avoid the
0: situation.
2: Yeah, we want to have the good people, even if they're not well known. Which there were. I, I know a couple of people who were in that situation, and they were well qualified. And uh, and it was disappointing for both of them. Yep. The two that I'm thinking of. Yep.
1: That happened. Yes? So you, you've talked about the flocks that you have. Um, what, what is your role in addition to having flocks? I mean, do you guys make any other decisions? Is that all done with the MCC or the, the committees that we have now? Like, what, in addition to having your flocks that you preside over, what other um, participation and leadership decisions do you guys make? Sure, that's a great question. So, so we essentially have three subgroups. We have the, the, what we call the governance group, you know a proven budget type stuff it's very man budget business type stuff then the the um theology group that currently exists, and they'll talk about topics related to Bible theology and then the the third group is um the pastoral group, which we meet as a group once a month we pray over people we pray over our flocks we um you know talk about this class, for example. You know, that's part of our pastoral process. And so those three groups, subgroups, meet uh, both individually and then we're all together once a month to um, strive to do the best we can for the needs of the church.
2: And we meet on Wednesday nights, uh, on the nights that we're not involved in other meetings uh, to pray over flocks. Um, so, and then it's, it's really that, we're all about pastoral care. Regardless of whether you're on theology or governance, it's all about trying to take care of people and build relationships and level people where they are uh, and we have seen you know a group of 1200 people with we have 20 shepherds at the moment uh, 18 so eight, 18 shepherds at the moment uh, in 2017 we had 36 and so and we, we've we have changed some things um, from a pastoral aspect to how we you know divide up flocks we you know, we've gone through a transition where when you rotated into governance or you were appointed to be a part of the governance you gave up your flock and, it, and it's it's just we're not doing some things real well uh, with taking care of our flocks and so we're really at the point right now where we're re-examining uh, wanting to get more shepherds so that we can really kind of divide and conquer and do a better job of taking
1: care of the people that God has put in front. And, and so, we're evaluating our current processes the way we're doing flocks to see if we can enhance that too. Just a to follow up in that,
2: that that does imply that you delegate most of the day-to-day operational decisions to those committees that control
1: those things. The, the ministry coordinating committee, or excuse me, what, what ministry, uh, teams. ministry teams, yeah. I mean, they're the boots on the ground right with but, the staff. But,
2: but they make most of the decisions on, you know, what happens day-to-day. Y'all are just
1: overseeing. Them. You you would be surprised at how few Dece- true decisions we sit around making. And, and that's and that's the distinction I'm trying to help clarify. Please. What are some of the ones that you do make? So for instance, do you have a role in staff hiring? Only Eric and Josh. Meaning those two positions are the ones where the elders
2: win. Correct. And, and then it's Eric's call or Eric and his staff's call. Eric, Josh, David. People. We have the opportunity to speak into it for for sure, but it's yeah, Eric and Josh are the only positions that we Josh is our preaching minister. And Eric is our executive minister.
1: So we have about two minutes left before Jamin prays us out. Any other questions? How long have each of you served as 2017, 2017, 2017 and they made they made a show about his service and they called it nineteen twenty three. Well
2: we we put you know Bunch of people in 2017, yeah, we and we've lost a bunch of people yeah, since 2017. Yeah. How well, many
1: of the a- 18, if you do the math 36 minus 18, right, I can exactly. do that pretty quick. How many did we add in 2017? Because it was about 18 or 20. We'd like double the size of it, one. it was a bunch. Okay, yeah, how okay, 18, many
2: in 2017s 20. do we have left? Roughly, I
1: don't know. Did we, did we keep more than half or less than half? Definitely less, just about my count. I, don't, I mean, I, I could get out an annual, and, I mean, uh, all the website and tell I would you. say
2: of the 18 that I think came in our class, I want to say try that. Okay. And maybe a little bit more. i um, just because there were some that came in with us that had been elders before, but they came in with that group. That right. Yeah. So it, it's, but, you know, we've lost a lot for a lot of different reasons. Some health reasons. Um, some mm-hmm. chose to just felt like, hey, they needed to go a different direction in life. Uh, so there have been lots of, lots of, Reason for some felt like, hey, you know, I got into this and this is life circumstances just changed. Um, and this is, I don't have the time commitment that I thought I might. Uh, and that's, that goes back to the whole discernment question of, you know, it's, it is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life, entire life is, is, is service without question, without question. So 2017, and here, what was yours?
1: Probably after
2: 1923. Sometime yeah. after but not 1923. God, it is so good to just come into your presence. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the newness of today. God, I thank you for the rest that many of us get over the weekend. Father, I thank you uh, for being the Lord of all lords, the God above every God. And God forgive us when we do not pay you us. You forgive us when we don't put you first. Father, I thank you for the people in this room. I thank you for their presence, not only just um, in this place we call out our crew, God, but the presence they have in your kingdom. God, you um, have told us that we are all of value because we are made in your image, and God, I thank you for that. Father, I pray that you bless our families, that you watch over us as a community of believers, uh, community of Jesus people. God we simply want to to see to seek you and to serve others to love as you have loved us. God, I pray for our eldership. I pray that you continue to guide us. God watch over us. Father, I do pray that you give us wisdom. Um but Father, I thank you more than anything in this world for your son. And it is through him that I pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Right. Have a great week.